You are listening to Kansas City Podcast Network. Talent-driven, FCC-free. Check out our show lineup, videos, events, and more over at kcpn.org. The voices of Kansas City, unfiltered. Hey, okay, fine. Hey, Fuck it, we'll go, go live. live. Fuck it, we'll go live. <laughs> hey, get. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing the arm motions, man. Yikes. Welcome to Three More Lights Deep. I'm in a dead sweat and we don't know why. Uh, this is my dude, James. Say hey. Hi. Or you could sound like... Hello. Hello. Was it me you're looking for? Hello. Um, or we could do it, go with Dell. Uh, one time I had uh, an Emmy award-winning news journalist tell me that I looked like Adele. I was like, I think you've just never seen a thick white chick before. And you're just thinking <laughs> the first one that comes to mind. Because <laughs> I look nothing like Adele. I don't know how. I was like, ma'am, absolutely not. Like, absolutely not. So it made me laugh. Uh, and I said that to her. And, well, weird that I don't work in mainstream media anymore. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Strange how that goes. Let's do it. Uh, Are you laser locked in? Let's do this. Let's do this. We're here to talk three more lights deep. <laughs> I'm Kat. Howdy, y'all. Howdy. Uh, yeah, we're weird as hell. So I guess this show is going to be the, not, the, not the lighter side of sports, but like the behind the, the, the shit that everybody wants to know from the people that are already in front of cameras all day long. Like my first guest, Carrington, uh, we've had some beef on the internet. I don't know. You don't know this really at all, but I'm just going to, you know, James will go with it. Carrington and I have not always had the best of times. We still don't follow each other on any social media, so we're working up to it. Um, but we made a, an effort and a leap of friendship with this interview. Um, he called me a general friend or a, a general level friend, so I think we're getting there. But the way that I love people is I force my love onto them with just showing up and just being there no matter what and being like, Hey, um, so I'm like a golden retriever friend. It's kind of annoying. But it'll cool. take you about an hour to get there. Absolutely. I don't <laughs> know any concept of time. Um, I do. And at the same time, I'm like, does it matter? Hmm. No. And it does when people are waiting on you. So yes, time is a real thing when you tell people. Yeah, I know. It, yeah. It's, uh, it's a growing problem. As an adult, I will try to face this issue. And in 2021, that'll be my resolution understand time <laughs> yeah it. it's like it's not beyond time just you know understand it it's totally fine uh but with this new series i kind of like killed off my old sports talk show uh very much a historical talk show i loved it it was first all-female sports show kansas city history that was cool i was the first uh female sports radio host here and that was great but i want to talk more than just sports and and everyone wants to say stick to sports absolutely not um we've seen that people don't have to now so all my bantering days of Peanut have finally paid off. I'm doing a show there now. I don't know if it's going to be once a month or every other week, but we'll kind of figure it out as it goes. We're all living day by day. Day by day. It's like Jamal Charles, me. How's it going? Day by day. It's day to day. I get it. Day I'm day. a day to day person now, though. Like, that's the one thing about the pandemic that I've really enjoyed is being able to just kind of plan things out 24 hours in advance. And that's about <laughs> it. 
Yeah, that's all we can do, I guess. Yeah, we don't know so. if it's going to exist the next day. It's like Mariah Carey tweeted out that Thanksgiving was canceled, and I'm like, bitch, we don't even know if we're going to see October yet. Just chill. <laughs> like, we can't cancel whole-ass holidays. We don't even know if we're going to get to November. The whole world might be on fire. There might be meteors raining down on us. Whatever. Yellowstone totally or mega volcano. Yeah, or, you know, Atlantis could rise out of the sea somehow. Uh, that... like, you know, that'd be kind of dope. I thought it kind of would be. Like, if we're going to have some news, I'm cool with the aliens. Like, we flat out, like, as a population, completely ignored the U.S. government admitting to UFOs and alien life. And we're just like, oh, that's cool. Anyways, back to the shit show going uh, yeah. here on planet Earth. <laughs> that's wild. But, but do you actually think it's an actual UFO? Or do you think it's just maybe, like, propaganda or, like, trying to make you think... Oh, something Ooh. else when something is about to happen. I dig that. Yeah. It's all a distraction. Yeah, because, I mean, just because they're up in the sky, it could be, like, maybe a secret, I don't know, You plane. could be an alien for all I know. Yeah, I could be. I mean, it explain the Viking, the half-Viking thing going on here. I'm only giving uh -huh. you shit about it because I know you have to shave off all your facial hair and shave your head pretty much right well I, that's i'm trying to let the sides grow back out oh. so i can get back to the high and tie yeah so again. you're not just gonna like and he's not just doing this because he's like changing his look why why are you shaving off all your uh just re-enlisted back into uh the national guard so as of the 31st of august the paper went through so that's when the enlistment started, so oh, yeah. yeah. This four years will take me to, to my ten year contract or my ten years. So we'll see what happens after that. So. Well we're gonna get married. We've already figured that uh, out. Yeah. So, How many kids? Uh I've got two already, so oh. I feel like we just leave it at that. Okay, I can if you wanna have that. a side chick, baby, I'm cool with that. Like right. you know, it'll be all right. We'll we'll just we'll just uh, have so a like compound. Yeah, so like a secret wife kind of. Right. Like yeah. I don't want to have it, but it, but the chick better be cute because I'm not gonna like raise some weird. Oh, this can't know? do the surrogate thing. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I am just really good at everything that I try, so I'd probably be really good at having another kid. I just don't really want to do it. You know. Yeah. Makes I'm, sense. I'm too busy being three Miller lights deep at the peanuts <laughs> to, to have it. That is true. It'd be, it would really encroach on my social schedule if I were to have a kid right now. Uh, yeah. So maybe in a little bit when you get back, you know. We got to get into our marriage. Oh, yeah, that is you know? true. Give it some time. Like, and then maybe you'll be like 20 by that point, and then it'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> it's so funny. I know. Like, earlier I was saying something about, like, oh, yeah, well, when I was born, you're like, oh, well, in the 80s. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, what the hell? I was born <laughs> And then it just, it was okay. But anyways, um, I want to say thank you to everyone that has even tuned into this. I know that the peanut is where we spend a lot of our time and love hanging out there because it's full of great people. So... Uh, I want to say thank you to the peanut for letting me do the show there. I just kind of announced it one day. I didn't really ask permission. Shocking. I know this shocks everybody that I did that. Um, and yeah, it's not like it. we have a breakout or anything. So yeah. Have like, room. <laughs> like, I mean, luckily there is, we've got some space there and uh, weird that Tuesday nights aren't really super popping there. So we were able to record, but Tuesday nights should be super popping there. So bring everyone. I don't know what uh, I'm recording. Yeah, the next I think show. it's two or three daughter welds yeah, on Tuesdays. Yeah, buckets. In Miller Lite buckets. So it's destiny. Yes. Three Miller Lights deep. You could be five Miller Lights deep with me. Or six. And you. And or then whoever all of walks us. in. All, all the celebrities go to the peanut. Uh, that's where I first broke news about Kelvin Benjamin. And that's where 
we found Carrington Harrison. Uh, so we're going to jump into that interview. And James, is there any final thoughts or closing statements you'd like to make? Or I don't know. like We need a, we need like a catchphrase. You really do. Yeah. Absolutely. Dang. Good morning, Vietnam. Nope, that one's taken. Uh, yeah, that... You see that? I think that would be kind of an insult on Robin Williams if I took that from him. <laughs> Absolutely, he's an icon. So I'm like, yeah, yeah I and can't it has do nothing that. to do with the show either. Like yeah. anything that, yeah. So you uh, come up with your own sign off. We got plenty of episodes. I don't know when we're filming another one. Like I said, day to day. Um, but the guest lineup is ridiculous. So I'm just working with them. They're all very much divas, and that, I'm just going to blame it on them. All the Kansas City, they're just they're just so Mariah carrying me right now. <laughs> No, the, the real thing is uh, football season is back in full swing. These things are just kind of like uh, these really fun interviews that I get the chance to do and just talk to people that I don't really even like that much, like Carrington. But, you know, we just decided to do an interview anyway. So, well, bam. Why not? Maybe it's well, bam. Maybe that's the sign up. What bam. Did it really take the Royals winning a World Series? the Chiefs winning a Super Bowl, and a global pandemic to get us on the same show together? No, I would've came on before, I told you. I would come on. It's been like since you a few never, years. You've never asked me. I was in my basement. We've never set a time. This now, is the first time there was a time set. So. 2020, six years later. I'm not afraid to after go on anybody's the, show. I don't care whose show it is. No, I, that's a thing. Like, I would've went on Between the Lines if they asked me to go on there. What would you we, say on Between the Lines? Black Lives Matter. Because that's the first thing that you would think of with Kevin Keatsman, right? Yeah, I mean, he said things I strongly disagree with. I want to talk to him about it. And how how has it been throughout your career, though, with, with people kind of polarizing figures uh, throughout the Kansas City market? I don't know. I feel like you've kind of come up with a lot of people with strong opinions and have managed to stick around the longest. I don't um, know. I'm trying to word it correctly. <laughs> um, well, let's just say flat out, give you some time here, that no matter what, as much as we have bickered publicly, I've always respected what you do because I think what you do is bring a new audience to sports media and sports radio. Because when I was growing up with it, it was Whitlock and Stephen St. John, and it was just AM staticky radio that gave me headaches. You know, I didn't really like bond with sports radio at all. And so you're bringing out a new listener and a new kind of demographic with people kind of like younger. Because I feel like sports radio has always been like that 40 and over crowd. Like I feel like most of your groupies are probably older dudes. They're like, hey, Carrington, well, I hope I don't big have fan. Groupies. I don't try to think about it like that. Um, uh, I, well, I would say that our issues over time have really caused a lot of growth. I would say one thing I've noticed with uh, white people, I'm just gonna talk no, openly on this thing with white people is I I want what's best for black people. Like I'm not saying I don't want what's best for all people, but like specifically like, you know how like, just because you're really passionate about breast cancer doesn't mean that you don't care about prostate cancer. Exactly. Like you're really passionate about breast cancer. Like I love black people and I want the best for black people. So anybody that I think is in direct opposition to that, I have an issue with. Right. And at times, I didn't think that you were an advocate for black people. And that bothered me, especially because I felt like you made money off messaging that I thought black people's pain was in their music. Absolutely. And I thought you profited off that, and I have had an issue with it. Now, I maybe could have voiced my concerns a lot differently than I voiced them. And I think same, that, was a, same. <laughs> that was a life lesson that I learned. Um, I also felt in that experience where I feel if you're really passionate and black, you get called angry. And I was never angry. And I think in that, it kind of showed me that 
I could fight the same fight, but I had to change the message in order for it to reach the largest amount of people. So, um, yeah, our issues were a really big learning experience. Um, I mean, I definitely went through times where I didn't really like you that much. I can say that. Understandable. But, um, <laughs> I mean, it was like a like, yeah, I just, we just, I don't think we agreed philosophically. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, I don't really have that many issues with people. Like, you don't hurt my family or you don't take any money out of my pocket. Like, or like I said, like, if you're not in direct opposition to black people, I don't really have too many issues with people. Absolutely. And I feel very, very strongly about the family and the money thing. You know, it's like at the end of the day, we're all trying to protect ours. Um, my advice was uh, the advice that I took and the route that I took was playing a character and detaching from human emotion. So with sports, my mentor at the time was like, just play a part you know, take politics out of sports, just remove yourself from that. And that was 2014. So I tried to stop talking about my personal life uh, on Twitter, at least social media, you know, to start with um, and to be more of a character. And so when I did that, it's been over the last couple of years trying to unlearn those tendencies of being robotic and of being like the, the immediate, like, well, I just don't want to be involved with this. And I, I specifically remember uh, when I said I want to be excluded from this narrative and I didn't even think in the grand scheme of things what it looks like to be uh, Teaming up with Taylor Swift type of attitude. It was very and it, was so, it was it so was, detached it, it was, No, it absolutely was a very fitting response and all absolutely. Of that. Uh, it's kind of funny because I actually got the very opposite message I remember one of the last times that I saw Nick Wright with us like but like we were together and talked about life And I told him that not many people get a chance to like meet their heroes and I told him that, you know, I looked up to him and all that stuff. And he gave me the best piece of advice I ever got. He said, every time you get behind the microphone, be 100% who you are. If you aren't, people will hate you for it. And I just always did that. And I was talking to Tasha about this earlier. Like, I always hate when people call you like a troll or like a contrarian. Like, I don't care enough about what other people think to purposely <laughs> align my views opposite of what they think. Like. I don't care if you like apple pie. I think apple pie is terrible. And I'm going to tell you that I think apple pie is terrible for X, Y, and Z reasons. Like baked beans are terrible. They're I don't awful. care where they come from. Absolutely. I don't care if they're Jack's that nope. or Bushes. Nope. I see why you have the secret recipe because it's terrible. You shouldn't share it with anybody. Like, I don't say those things to be like, oh, what's everybody like and think the opposite. Because I don't really care in that sense what people like. So... You made that obvious with the Kanye bracket. Because <laughs> yeah. you pissed off so many people with <laughs> the final four of that. Like, I was even going back today looking over at stuff. I was like, let me Google Carrington Harrison, you know? Because what pops up I is. I stopped you, doing that a long time ago. I, I mean, <laughs> as most people, sane people should in media. But, like, what pops up is you being a community man, talking about all the things that you've been giving back to and the platform that you have now, you've been utilizing for a long time, not just to piss off Kanye stands, you know? I, <laughs> I used to be a Kanye stand. Well, not really. You in the stand. said in that article though, he, with the Kansas, person, you're like Jay Z against black people. So yeah. I'm not really, I'm well, not really rocking with Kanye West right now. I mean, it's, I think it's just down to Gemini men. You know, <laughs> like if you want to talk about astrology, right? I had a great tweet the other day uh, about how fantasy football is to white guys like astrology is to white chicks. You know, like it's all just like this little like, okay, let's see what we can do here with this blueprint, right? No, that's actually really, I, I that's actually really good. Um, Thank you. That's actually really good. <laughs> Is this I was, our first compliment? Yo, that's good. I'm so excited. I don't know if I'm going to have a whole bunch, but no, thank that was, you. That I was so. really strong. I hope to change that narrative, but thank that you. That was really strong. <laughs> uh, fantasy guy is somebody I try to stay away from. 
bracket, bracket bracket guy is somebody I try to stay away from. Yeah. Um, because fantasy guy is annoying for this reason. He'll be, you know, every touchdown in the NFL affects his fantasy team. Well, if you have seven teams, then yeah, Tyler Boyd's touchdown is big. Because you're either going against him or playing against him in one of your 19 leagues. Yeah. Like, you're not exhibiting any level of NFL knowledge in this. The same yeah. way during March Madness, if you have seven brackets, you don't get credit for picking a sleeper. You mm-hmm. should pick a sleeper. In some brackets, you should have the 11th seed winning. In some, you should. like. So I don't give a lot of people credit. I try to stay away from those people the same way. I, I have a couple rules when it comes to dating. Number one, I will never date anybody who considers themselves to be a dog mom. A pet owner is a different oh, individual. Yeah, a pet a owner has one. a normal mindset. I was not expecting anybody, hot takes, anybody that sees it. this animal and looks at it and says, I am this animal's mother, mm-hmm. crazy to me. I went to this comedy show and he said the dog had a mom. You kidnapped him from him. Yeah, he stole that it. Sticks, that sticks in my mind. I'll never talk to anybody who considers themselves to be a you dog are a mom. dog trafficker. I can't do it. And number two, I won't talk to anybody that bases their day off the sun and stars and the aligning and i well, that's just I, I don't want to break this to you but apparently we're never going to date now so like i i just i figured that out a long time i figured that out a long i don't know when that moment probably the first me. time that we interacted you're like yeah what is wrong with i maybe reconsidered like, it when you post that one thirst picture up i maybe was like i don't no, know which I'm one like, that really does not one specify. one your titties was out i don't know which one it was yeah, but your titty was uh, out you was holding them i was like you know what i might but i was like nah i can't i can't <laughs> I, got, I get it i got enough uh, issues in my own life that's from, not another issue i'm I absolutely an issue that you would have to end up paying someone for, well, for i'm in the middle of that right now so it, i'm trying to afford i, I, I definitely I, don't want another i, I definitely that, don't want another one well it's funny because like my mom is usually the one that like does all my momager stuff not saying that she's like chris jenner because she's clearly not bloodthirsty enough because i'm not famous enough to be uh with that level of work however she feels the same sentiment she's like what are you just put your clothes back on like i don't want to have to answer to the family and friends again like why you're half naked i'm like mom i almost died of chicken salmonella poisoning uh i was clearly going through some shit that's why i posted it she's like i thought that doesn't make sense i thought about liking that picture too i'm not gonna lie to you i thought about liking it i saw it that would have thrown me off i it, it threw me off. Minutes. It threw me off. Where I saw it, I was like, "Yo, I know she was racked up like that. Like I would have had a completely different mindset this entire time." You know what's even had I had that, that information in the beginning. That, that photo was at my friend's dad's house, so I felt really bad about that one when he checked Instagram in the morning. He's like, "Oh." So you've been thirst strapping over my loft. I'm like, absolutely, <laughs> sir. Uh, it's great seeing you, and uh, I'll see you again soon. But yeah, like those those things, I feel like, and and now that we're just directly acknowledging that Tasha's definitely here with us, uh, we've talked about that being a woman in sports media. Like, I don't like. 2017 is when things kind of turned around a little bit for me. I ended up going uh, ESPN 1510, Kansas City, and it was like this huge hype around the first female sports radio host, Kansas City History. And I'm like, we got to remember uh, my Miss Megan. We got to remember, you know, the, the sports babe and all that stuff that came before. But like, technically on paper, I guess I was. You remember Danny Boatwright? Remember Danny Boatwright back yep. in the day? Yep. I think she's married to Kendall Gammons. That's a side note. I don't that's think amazing. That's he has a podcast too. I saw it on YouTube. Uh, Lawrence Times was part of that one. So I was doing like Kansas City podcast research about like what I could be doing and like the people that are actually podcasting in this area. But I think podcasting is where it's going. I think everything's on demand. People want it at their fingertips. They want audio, video, 
it's like a TV show at this point. I mean, your show, are you guys with camera stuff too? I mean, how, where, where would you say that your strong suit is? Like, do you enjoy the audio format of radio? Do you want to be more out in front? Cause I know you've done YouTube stuff in the past. Um, I don't really have a good answer for that, honestly. Um, I do think early on in my career, it was just, I want to be great at radio. And I didn't really think about anything else. Um, as I've got older and I try to expand more, there's like other things that interest me. Like I genuinely love going on television. Um, I didn't really think that I would in the very beginning. I didn't really have much of an interest to do it. It's a whole lot easier <laughs> to be completely honest. Really? With you. Yeah. Because people just do shit for you, right? is easy. Um, it's super easy. It doesn't take nearly as much time and it's just a lot shorter. It's just, you can pull audio from it. You don't have to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, it's super end. easy. Yeah. So I really enjoy TV. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really think about my life in that way. Um, I don't really think about it in a like, where do I want to be in five years? Like, I don't. I, so don't I shouldn't really, ask you that question, probably. I just, I don't. I just, don't, I, honestly, <laughs> I have no answer. For I it. honestly don't really think about it um, in that sense. Uh, but if I, if you had to ask me, I would like to do TV at some point yeah. full time. That's what I would like to do. Yeah, I could see you doing your own, you know, channel, your own platform, and bringing more people involved with it. Like, I feel like you have a really good knack for voices and direction with people do you have people that you would consider like that you mentor um no i wouldn't consider anybody a mentor um i think a big reason why i think i remember i don't know it was like two three years ago i realized that all the people that i looked up to did more than one thing like i think bill simmons is really great like i'm not the hugest on like his opinions and stuff but he writes does podcasts came up with the idea for 30 for 30 like he was somebody I looked up to like Charlemagne the guy who does a breakfast club like he wrote a book he does like all this other stuff but I realized that all the people that I deemed to be really great at their job did more than just whatever their traditional thing was so at that point I just determined if I wanted to be great I had to start doing other stuff um so yeah that was the uh that was maybe the the seed that was planted in my head so I started I figured at that point the only way I would get on TV is to start doing it for myself. So I started like trying to do YouTube more, and like I bought a camera for myself and started trying to get in front of the camera. And it's fun. It's something I enjoy to do. What's changed with the pandemic with uh, your day to day? Uh, well, I had a kid. <laughs> during the <laughs> that that always pandemic. helps. I mean, it just spice uh, things up a little so bit. So <laughs> that changed things. Um, other than that, it honestly wasn't really a big change because I was still going to work. So I still was doing, so I've always done the show in studio. Like I've never done the show from home during this entire time. So that wasn't much of a difference. Uh, my co-host Sean Levine, he did it from his house. So that was different. Um, it was kind of like having like a big phone conversation the whole time. Uh, so that part was different, but um, on the day to day, it wasn't honestly that much different. Um, I actually liked that time. Uh, it was probably the most free I've ever been where I feel like there's a, a listener expectation that when you turn onto the show, you want to hear Chiefs, you want to hear Royals, you want to hear KU or whatever sport thing that was going on, but there wasn't any sports thing that was going on. So it was, you know, talk about what you're really passionate about. Like, I remember we did this where I thought that Gloria from uh, White Man Can't Jump was really a bad girlfriend. Like she was, there, she was the problem in the movie. Like. I don't think that's something I could do in a regular march, but I was able to do it because of that. So that's where I f fell in love with Woody Harrelson. So I get it. Yeah, I mean, Sorry. she was really the problem. Like she wasn't really grateful. Like if you think about it, Woody sacrificed so she could be on that show. He put mm -hmm. his car up. He did. He put his car up so she could be on the show, and 
he had to keep his promise to Wesley Snipes. I don't know why he didn't communicate that with her. Maybe she wouldn't have left, but, you know. They say till death do you part and through thick and thin, but she obviously wasn't there through the thin. Gloria's on the shit list. <laughs> it's that and like the devil wears Prada for me, that annoying ass boyfriend that's like, oh, you're so busy at Vogue. Yeah, no shit, it's fucking Vogue. <laughs> like, you think that I'm just gonna be able to like hang out with you at your stupid birthday party? Like, he literally dragged her down the entire movie. I get it. I'm mad at people. Like, Titanic, I'm so mad about. Like, they could have fit, right? She could have fit on there. Yeah, like you could have put Jack on the weird door. I will. I will say one day I was flipping through TV and Titanic came on and I watched. I don't know, like thirty. You had never like, seen it before that. No, I, I seen oh, it when I was like, a oh, kid. Shit. But you know how you like forget somebody's like really good. Like yeah. I had this moment. It's gonna sound really bad. You guys make fun of me. Nope. Never. I was watching their uh, America's Game about the Chiefs. Yep. And I'm sitting there watching Patrick Mahomes. I'm like. He's really good at football. Like, like what? I hadn't seen. Is this him play. the first time I'm you saying, like, like came to that? Like, I'm just saying, like, I hadn't seen him play football since February. You know, like I hadn't seen him play. And then when you like see stuff, and he, then it's like plays you hadn't seen in a long time, and it's like he's really good. <laughs> like it was like it was like I forgot that he was really good at football. Because I hadn't seen it. That's how it was with Titanic. Like, I'm watching, I'm like, this is a great movie. Like, how, how is this not my favorite movie? I love Titanic. This is, this is amazing. So I watched the whole scene where they go up at the front of the ship, and she stands out there, and he saves her. I was like, this is a really good scene. It's like, outside of my family, I don't like that. Like, I don't like anybody enough to be like, all right, we got to go to the front of the boat. Like, I'm just out for myself at that point. Like, I'm like, I got to survive this. You do you. Like, I guess it worked out while it did, whatever. But uh, Titanic was a very, uh, I didn't realize that you were going to be a Titanic fan. I, I didn't realize I was going to be a big Titanic fan either. But no, I watched it and I was like, this is a really, really good movie. Like, I really enjoy this. Is I'm your... a big movie person. Like, I actually miss, if I had to rank what I missed during quarantine, it was going to the movies, concerts, and sporting events. Mm hmm like, I don't really like going to sporting events that much. Um, I feel that. It's just a really big time commitment. So, like, think about it. Like, I mean, I cheer for Missouri. Let's say Missouri plays at 11 o'clock. Which they usually do. You got to get up at 8. You got to drive to Columbia. You watch the game. The game's over at 2.30. You eat. You then drive home. 7 o'clock. All I watched was this one Missouri game for them to lose to South Carolina. This isn't fun. Like, this is enjoyable for me. Why would I want to do this? So, I I mean, I, I, it's also one of those things. Like, Patrick Mahomes, when I go, I'm like, this is fun. Like, I really enjoyed this. Like, I went to the Chiefs, the last sporting events, the last two sporting events I went to. I went to the last MU basketball game because it was kind of obvious that the coronavirus was coming. And then I went to the Kansas City-Houston game. And you can ask Brandon Kylie, our producer, I remember the moment I realized the Chiefs are going to win, it was early in the game. It was the fake punt. When they stopped the fake punt, I looked at Brandon and I said, I said, the Chiefs are going to win this game. It was obvious. It was 24 to 7. I would have bet every amount of money I had in that moment, the Chiefs are going to win. You could just feel it. Like, you could just feel the emotion in the stadium. The, like, you could, the momentum was palpable. Palpable momentum. What section were you in? The press box. Okay. Come on now. Even then? Oh, I'm sorry. It was I January. I, I, I don't really consider myself to be really high maintenance, but okay. 
take a survey after this. If you have uh, come in contact with Carrington and he's been high maintenance, please fill out this I don't survey. think I'm high maintenance. Okay. I do think I'm particular and a complainer. I will complain this sounds about like anything. Me. I'll complain about anything. Like, I'll complain about anything. But I don't think I'm very high maintenance. I really don't. But when I go to a sporting event, if it's cold, I'm not going unless I'm in the press box. Mm -hmm. And I work too hard in life to sit up in 327. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. Like, no. I'm, I'm not faulting anybody nope. who sits in 327. I'm not saying that you don't work hard if you sit up there. I'm just saying me, Carrington Harrison. I'm not, you're sitting, in, you're in. I'm not sitting in 327. Yeah, this sounds very humble of you. So please continue. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I'm not sitting in road. I'm not doing that. Like, I remember, uh, maybe this is another one of those things. 2014 playoffs. Uh-oh. I wasn't working hard enough. I was up near the lights. Yeah. But I, I was I was at all the playoff games. 2015, sitting lower level, 10 rows back from the dugout. Mm -hmm. Life had arrived for me. And Jay-Z says, once you have filet mignon, it's hard to go back to hamburger helper. It is. I've sat premium. Premium. I've sat in the Buck O'Neill no. seat. I'm going to sit from the Buck O'Neill seat. Now go in section 427, Rose EZ. No. To watch the Royals lose 105 games? Hell no. I'm going to watch it at home. Well, we're on the up and up now. Who? You are the Royals. The Royals. <laughs> okay. we're, all, we're all getting better. <laughs> uh, me, hopefully, for the love of God. Like, I can't go firm like that way. I was about to Kawhi uh, Leonard laugh, what you just said. But. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you do an impersonation of it, please? <laughs> <laughs> That's my Kawhi laugh. <laughs> I feel like you get to a certain point and you're just like, look, it's not fun. Like, I get it. Like, going to the games, it becomes work. People, what is it's just the time. I, going to the games is fun. It's just the time. Like, when you're at home, the only time you spend is what you spend watching the game. When you go, it's a lot of other time that you got to deal with. I, just, I don't like that part of it. Like, going, think about it. Going to a Chiefs game is an all-day thing. It is. And I'm saying is for me, who I don't have a favorite team, I genuinely love the NFL. Yeah. I love the athleticism. I love how physical the game is. I love the storylines. I love, like, my favorite time of the week is from 2.15 to 3.15 Sunday on Red Zone. Yeah. It is amazing. It's like, let's go here, and then penalty. Let's go to this next game. It's just like boom, 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 boom. That Like, that's my favorite time. My friends come over. We laugh. We joke. We make fun of people. I actually have a funny story to tell you about that. I would have loved to hear um, it. Hey, that's my favorite time. The funny story I was going to tell you, Tasha knows the story. Oh, one of my, one of my really Already good friends. Intrigued. One of my really, really good friends. Like, we'll be in my wedding, good friends. His girlfriend is on OnlyFans now. And oh god, I was thinking about subscribing. Like, I saw the content, and I, I'm here to support creators. I support <laughs> Tasha. I support you. Wait, you didn't like my Instagram photo. <laughs> I've come on. Are you I've, really supporting? I've helped you create Go content. Go look at all my thirst traps and please like all of them. I'm just saying. Maybe we can follow each other back on Twitter. That'll be a big step. I don't know if we're at that point in life we're not yet. <laughs> I don't know if that's where we are. I don't know if that's where we are. We're I don't know. Be best friends after this. I'm so I don't know excited. if that's where we are. I mean, I'm not saying we can't get there. I don't know if that's where we are today. Um, How many of my logins do I have to give you? I've got. I tried to hang out with you before we did this a couple. I yeah. kept. I'm I really was like, annoying. "Hey, what are you doing? What's up?" Like, I was trying to actually. I invited to my dad's birthday party, so 
Naturally. Yeah, that was like a family thing. Like, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> no, we have an open bar. It's John Stoner's place. Is that ever a family establishment? We don't know. Oh, uh, I didn't Colonial know. Colonial Club, KCK. I didn't know. I uh, no, it's okay because we had an open bar, which sounds like something that is awful. And Taco Bar. Yo, I, I mean this Bandito with burrito. It sounds. I mean this really with all bad. respect to John because I like John, but John picked up and put down that diehard Royals fan thing with ease, bro. Like. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. It's gone. It's, yeah. I mean, it, I applaud it. Like, the whole cat suit thing wasn't really a mm-hmm. thing. The Royals got good and then became a thing. Mm-hmm. And then once the Royals once the Royals got terrible, he started wearing regular clothes. Like, yo, yeah. it was a really smart, like, hustle. Like, I mean that. Him, the moose antlers guy. Oh, that guy's a great, we even a know great where... move. I was convinced like, that I'm was not actually like... Saberhagen for the longest time, just bored. But then I found out it wasn't. Yeah, so. I'm serious. I'm not saying that to make fun of John. He's a no. very nice individual. Well, his, his girlfriend, uh, Amber, was even like, uh, when we first started She dating, got OnlyFans? She does not. Oh, All of her friends do. She's, oh, she she's one of the top models in Kansas City. That's she's why like, I, nah, I was I don't asking if she had OnlyFans. She's actually, I know who she is. her day job, doctor, I guess, pays better than OnlyFans. It's weird. Um, I've been might asked, not. Wait, some of these OnlyFans people, I just was asking. Again, so I got you got to go back to your story. Your friend's girlfriend's OnlyFans. Too. Yeah, she's on OnlyFans, so... and I was thinking about subscribing. I didn't know if that was allowed or not. What but is the again, code? I support content creators, <laughs> but the issue is she's charging a significant amount of money, and I'm thinking, yo, this is more expensive than Netflix. Netflix gives me yeah millions of hours of content. That's not what your OnlyFans provides. It doesn't provide me. That doesn't provide me hours upon no. hours of end of enjoyment. I mean, I guess it technically it could. <laughs> it could. If, if <laughs> that's watching what the same clip into. repeatedly. Absolutely. Uh, from what I understand, it's just a really good way for people to like. I guess. They are selling pussy. Like, like, let's just call it what it is. I, 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 like, I like to go with buttholes. Like, I like to say want. you charge $5 for people to look at your butthole. Uh, my my family has not gotten to the point where they would be okay with that. Uh, I have a lot of other talents, thank God, to, until I get to that point. You're OnlyFans? No. Okay, my I could be. People ask me all the time. They're like, "What's your OnlyFans link?" I'm like, uh, "I'll follow you on OnlyFans." Would you? <laughs> you that would be so nice. Fans, yeah, I appreciate your devotion if, 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 to if the you, only quality if, content. If you start an OnlyFans, I'll follow you on Twitter. Thank you. And I'll be your first subscriber. Wow. So now I have to start OnlyFans. <laughs> hey guys. And it's reasonably priced. Yeah, <laughs> reasonably priced. If it's too much. See, no. This is the know, thing. This is the thing. This is the thing about What's your OnlyFans? budget for porn? This is no, I've, I've actually, I've never spent, but though, no, this is the thing. I, this is, these are, these are, I'm gonna tell you two real stories. I actually never told this story publicly. I didn't told it on the radio. This I'm is here the thing. For it. What makes OnlyFans so good is, think about like porn. Porn is exciting because you know the really attractive girl you're gonna see, she's gonna be naked at some point in this porn. Mm-hmm. What makes OnlyFans so good is, it's the same thing, but on demand. Hey, I think she's really cute. Oh, if I spend $4, I could see her naked? Cool, sign me up for that. Absolutely. But I'm not about to subscribe to anything. So this is a 100% true story. I know this girl that is on OnlyFans. She is a content creator on OnlyFans. So I just DM'd her one day and I'm like, yo, I'm not subscribing to your OnlyFans. But what I will do is I'm gonna cash app you an amount of money. I want the premium content. So whatever, I'm serious. I still have to. I got the catch up thing. I can. Are you show a feet guy? Is this what we're gonna have to? I'm like? serious. Uh-oh. So I was like, all right. Don't show her. I was like, you're <laughs> selling X on OnlyFans. I'm getting. A I'm gonna bypass the subscription part. 
and I'm going to cash app you this amount. Send me the videos so I can watch them because I want to see, I want to support creatives and I want to see the videos that you're making. So we negotiated the deals and she sent the videos. Help me help you. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind supporting creatives. I don't mind supporting creatives. I'm serious. I really don't mind it. There needs to be like a, like a local uh, sort of like, but my biggest thing is like, if you're on OnlyFans, you're admitting that you don't know how to set up a website with paywalls. Like to me, well, just fucking set up, the same thing. set up, the same but thing. that way it's but like, I, I it's not like, 20% being taken from OnlyFans, it's 100% going to you. On a very, very serious thing is, you know, you're on there, they do that Thirst Trap Thursday. That really is, I'm going to post these half naked pictures for free. Like some people got hip to the game. Mm -hmm. Why am I going to put this free content out if I can put it behind a paywall and people will pay for it? Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't, I, I try to say I don't spend my free time worrying what other people do in their free time. So I don't care. Like, if you want to be on OnlyFans, I, what does it matter to me? But if I'm going to be on here with my titties out, I would at least try to monetize my titties. I'm not giving them to, to Twitter. Absolutely not. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yep. It doesn't make any sense to me if you're going to do that. Again, if, if that's not what you want to do, that's fine. But I'm saying is the moment you start posting risque pictures on the internet for free, you might as well start an OnlyFans and post those same pictures behind there and get people to send you $5. Because people think you're cute and they want to see the pictures. That's it. That's what I would do. That's, I don't know. Are you I'm available for marketing consulting? Like the behind the scenes? Some of the like... stuff is just common sense. I would. That's what I would deem it to be. Again, I don't. if you want to post pictures on the internet, I don't care. It does not have any effect on my life. I'm just saying, ladies, y'all like taking those boudoir pictures and you're taking them for each other. Let's, let's call it what it is. You're mm. taking these pictures to post for other women. Put it behind a paywall and make them girls pay for the pictures. You're not wrong because there's a group of Kansas City women that I... I it's and that's very, cool. No, it's Take very weird. Pictures. But they, like, spend time, like, analyzing, like, the photos that I release and get mad about it. And they, like, criticize it. I'm like, if that's I just stupid. put this, I don't care. If, if I just put it behind a paywall, that that would make more sense. But yeah, now you have to pay for it. If you're that's a big like, girl, skinny girl, black girl, white girl, be happy with your body. Be confident. Be comfortable. I'm cool. I don't care. I didn't know this was going to turn into body positivity. I'm but I hear you. For it. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm not. So like my stance, my stance isn't only skinny girls to do this. Any girl, if you if you want to do this Absolutely. to feel sexy, do it. That's cool. I applaud it. I'm just saying is when you think about it, we all essentially work for Twitter. The only yeah. people that are making money off Twitter is Jack. Yep. So if you're gonna create content for them that people like, then charge them like i started being really particular about the sports opinions that i give on twitter because i'm like i don't make any money off of this like yeah. you listen like you notice i really don't tweet about the chiefs well, outside you, so. of outside of the games like i tweet about them with the games or when something big happens and i'll give a quick this is what i think yep because i don't make any money off that like i make the money off i really want to know what Carrington thinks so i'll turn on the radio or i'll turn on the app because i want to hear what he thinks like that's what keeps me employed. Is this the announcement of your OnlyFans? Of you just putting your takes behind a paywall? Because I feel like there's been times... Somebody did ask me, I got asked this because I've been having more OnlyFans conversations lately because, <laughs> of, because of my friend. So we've been like, for the last, honestly, like this conversation has been me and my friend group for the last like three days is what we've been talking about. How much would I need to do that? I would have to be able to support myself. Yeah. Like right now, if you told me I can make like 150000 
I got an OnlyFans and I'm just creating content for the fans? All right, cool. Like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll really consider doing it. I mean, Patsko Burris is in the game. Yeah, so, I saw that. at this point. I saw that. At this point, you might as well. I don't know. I feel like the whole concept's just interesting to me. Like, if you think about it, how many people do you know? And maybe you're in this category, and I don't mean it, that make a podcast and they do it for themselves and don't make any money off mm-hmm. the podcast. Like, people have figured out I can create content that people will pay for. Like, the worst thing the internet ever did was made it free. Because it made people have an expectation that everything is free. Music is free. Television is free. The newspaper is free. Like, it made us not value anything. And then those companies try to turn around and and have people pay for them. And they're like, hell no. Like, when you think about it, if they didn't come up with Spotify, which is basically a paid version of Napster, like, that's all it is. Remember Napster? I want to hear this song. I'll click, you know, I will click on this song. But then you had to go through too much work. That's all. All Spotify and Apple Music is, is Napster, just the paid version. But, like, once they made this content free, people just devalued it, you know? And, like, I really do think it's a cool concept where, you know, it's just Instagram that people have... I post mm-hmm. pictures on Instagram. I don't get any money for it. It's I, like I, the athletic, though. I feel like they're behind yeah. a paywall. They're behind. I, I, pay, I pay for the athletic. Absolutely. I really support content creators. I pay for Power Mizzou. Not just only for I'm them. saying I pay for Power <laughs> Mizzou. I pay not for just your news. I pay for the Kansas City Star sports pass. There you go. Yeah. I mean, the Kansas City Star has been questionable over the years, but uh, you know, it is what it is. I feel like. You guys, I mean, you've done things in radio that people will always go back and refer to. Does that ever blow your mind that you're doing real-time breaking news? Like, your voice is always going to be a part of the narrative when they go back to talk about, I mean, just to take it down just a little bit, uh, when your work with the Tyree Kill case and exposing that, like, full audio. Do you ever think about that when before you go into something like, hey, okay, so I need to approach this a little bit differently because I'm going to be in the history books for this one. Uh, I don't think about it like that. Um, That was one of the few times that I get nervous. Um, I've just done it enough. Like, I don't really get nervous. Um, That day, it was a different kind of nerves. Like, you got to think, I've done the show twice after the Chiefs have won the Super Bowl or the Royals have won the World Series, that it's like a different level of, like, you got to knock this out of the park. Yeah. Like the person that comes on the radio for these next four hours, like, they're expecting greatness, you know? So, like, it's a different level of nervousness. Um, the Tyree Kill Day, I remember, it was funny because I was going to go to Las Vegas. And then it was, like, trying to figure out all this stuff with that. And then we finally got word that we were going to be able to play it. So this was, like, a four-week trying to get it. And it was, oh, wow. like, a lot of legal stuff behind the scenes. Right. And I just remember, like, I listened to the tape probably like three times the day before and I remember we had like big meetings before just I guess one thing like I'm not really into this like cancer culture like I think I think cancer culture has just turned into white people could just say whatever they wanted to say and now they get held accountable so now it's like we're a learning big pushback on it. yeah it's yeah. Like, a big, like a huge pushback on it no you're a fucking idiot um, you just got caught okay but, that's but I, I do think though the the part about cancel culture I do think is sometimes we take one sentence out of context and take it away from a paragraph or a whole monologue and we just focus in on the one sentence and then that sentence becomes the narrative that I think is really wrong. Mm-hmm. So it was much more of a pressure like I don't want to mess this up. Like I know how important this is. I know what it is. 
I realized the importance of the moment and the importance of saying the right thing. Um, that that's maybe one thing that as I've gotten older, I have like maybe a greater appreciation for like words matter, intent matters, um, how you communicate it. Like the one thing I really remember from school is communication is the ability to articulate your message to its intended audience. So I really try to focus in on, all right, I think this, how do I say it in a way that communicates exactly how I feel about whatever it is? So that was one of the days, like I remember being like really anxious and after the two o'clock, it was easy, but accurately telling the story so people can know how we got the video, mm-hmm. why I thought it was important to play the video and then our audio and then reacting to it on the backside of it. Um, Are you able to share any of the backstory about how it was accumulated? Or not, <laughs> no, not really. Yeah. Intercom would just be like, excuse me. Yeah, I got it. Excuse me. We ain't, no, me, you, really. me and you ain't at, the, ain't at that level. Yeah, yet. I understand that. No, and, and that's the thing. It's like, but, I, I was told at uh, Easter, which was March 31st that year, um, by somebody very close to the case that was at family Easter, of course, uh, that Tyreek was completely innocent. And so I just kept my mouth shut. Um, and it was the first time in history that <laughs> I ever stopped talking. Uh, but I knew at that point that it was bigger than just what we were being told. But you guys really were able to kind of share that. The blowback on my end is I was very outspoken about like, there needs to be an apology. You know, you can't just drag somebody's reputation through the mud like that. And then, you know, kind of just be like, yeah, no, it's cool now. We're going to do this. The, the, I guess the, not revenge, but I guess the, um, the, I guess satisfaction came from the chiefs being moved. Uh, with broadcasting rights and all that stuff. Yeah, I think that that part, just from what I know, I think it's a little bit overblown. Mm-hmm. Um, I I try to look at it this way. I don't think it's my job to ever change what people think. And I think a lot of times in media, that's how maybe people approach it. Um, mm-hmm. I try to look at it like, this is my opinion. This is why I think this. Um, I try to think of it like an outline, like, My main point is the thesis statement, and then these are the things that support it. And maybe this goes with one of your questions you asked earlier. I think maybe in the middle when you and I had all our issues, like I wasn't at this point, but I just reached like a level of just like happiness with myself Mm -hmm. and like I'm content that like a lot of that other stuff just didn't really like matter. And I would say it was really dealing with you and Welch, you know? Um, For sure. And just handling two things publicly. Cut in from a way the same cloth. Literally grew I, up together. So. Yeah, that I, didn't, <laughs> that I didn't think best kind of accurately communicated how I felt. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and you know, Welch and I talked it out and we squashed our issue a long time ago. And um, yeah, I, like I, I think I think I reached a level of just, I'm happy with myself and I'm content with who I am and how I feel. And, you know, maybe it's like that girls mature faster than boys. Like it took me a longer in life um, than other people. Um, But yeah, and I always think that like my maturation process was like very different. Like this is the only job I ever had, you know? So you've kind of grown up in the public eye. Is that weird though? Cause like you're like it's a, not really weird anymore. You're not like a child star. You're, <laughs> no. you're definitely like over eighteen. So it's no, like not it's weird. Not, it's not like you're not Drew Barrymore at Studio Fifty Four. Um, I mean, weird. Yeah, I would just say that. Still... I would say my mistakes people got to like chronicle in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think how I handled the issue with you was a mistake. Like how I handled it with Welch was a mistake. Um, 
that like I always thought that part was um, just different. Um, I don't really look at it as a mistake as much as it is. I mean, it, it was a mistake for me. I mean, I, I don't I don't apologize for what I was upset about. Right. Um, I just I think I could have just communicated it a lot differently um, and the whole thing. Um, but there was there was underlying anger no matter what because no matter what you look at the situation of our communication, the underlying issue was still police violence and brutality against unarmed citizens that should all have equal rights, no matter what their skin color is. And also it was in the height of a lot of the, it was after the Ferguson stuff had happened. Um, a lot of people were coming out in sports, especially St. Louis. I don't know what it is about St. Louis just being, I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to go with the overtly racist part of it, but yeah, I mean, woo -woo, I guess too. <laughs> But, you know, you get to the point in your sports career that you have probably been told, not necessarily now, but stick to sports. Stick to what you know uh, isn't going to rile people up or change listeners, whatever, because when you're still a part of a large company, you're, you still have to represent what you're doing in a way that's not going to, like, ruffle everybody up. Yeah, I don't I don't think about it that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think about it in the sense of, I don't publicly talk about how I feel maybe politically um, in that sense, just because I don't really think that's a good way to, like, I don't think that's good for business, I guess. Um, but, I mean, Intercom paid for my opinions, you know what I mean? So I just, I, one critique I have of maybe like white spaces in this sense of, I think they want black people, but not black opinions. Right. Like, I think that's what happens in the NFL. I think if that happens in the NBA, like the NBA is, 85% black. What you're seeing in the NBA is indicative of how black America feels. What you mm -hmm. see in the NFL, I think, is very indicative of how black people feel. So, um, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing. That uh, I just try to keep that part. And I might sound like super arrogant. Like, I always felt like my purpose in life was bigger than talking about what the Chiefs or the Royals did. Yeah. Um, that um, I always felt like the things I do in the community or did or whatever that that's gonna be the things that people remember. Like, nobody will ever remember. I still have it saved in my phone because it was the first <laughs> time I ever felt like I got a sports opinion right. It was, if you guys remember, Colin Kaepernick's first start was on Monday Night Football. Alex Smith got hurt and Kaepernick started. And then, and during the game, I texted Danny and said that Kansas City should trade for Alex Smith. Like, right then and there, I told him I still got it saved in my phone. I said, I know who the Chiefs' next quarterback should be. It should be Alex Smith. It's like, Kaepernick is good. They're going to move on from him. And we talked about it the next day, and I remember the text line was like, this is stupid. Why are you talking about this? And, like, I kept it because I was like, well, let's see what happens. And they traded for him, uh, and that was just like a – I don't know. I don't even know why I told you that story. I forgot what I'm the, the story was, but like I still have it. I still have it saved in my pictures that I said they should trade for Alex Smith. It was like in September of the year before, and That's they wild. traded for Alex Smith. When did you know that Mahomes was the real deal? Do you have proof of that one too? No, I'm you actually, watching like Texas I, Tech. I remember. I remember. I wanted Deshaun Watson. Uh, okay. I remember thinking. I said this on the air. I thought he was going to be Matthew Stafford in a good situation. Like, I think Stafford's a good quarterback. He just plays on the Lions. You and Ken Swanson. Uh, yeah, I thought he was that. And then I remember after, like, the first three games, I was like, he's Andrew Luck with help. Like, I didn't okay. really think that the Colts did a really good job. And then I realized maybe, like, week seven, I was like, he's a lot, he's a lot better than I thought that he could be. Um, 
Like, I legitimately think that Patrick Mahomes can be one of the five greatest quarterbacks of all time. Like, I think that's well within reach. Now, I think you got to get the three Super Bowls to do that, but he already has one. And the AFC is – we've never seen the AFC as wide open as it is right now. Truly. This is almost to the point where it's like, is this even fair? Yeah, I think – The rest of the NFL? I think the – I think the biggest quote-unquote problem right now in the NFL is all the good quarterbacks are either over 35 or Mahomes – like, if I had you make a list of who all the quarterbacks are who are under 30 years old, there's only two that you would say are legitimately great quarterbacks. It's Mitchell Mahomes. Trubisky. <laughs> Not Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> it's Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Like, yeah. I don't know if like, I don't know if Deshaun Watson's great. I think yeah. he's good. I don't know if he's great. Kyler Murray. Let's see if he's great. Like, there aren't many good quarterbacks that are under the age of 30. So, while that's the case, it's not going to be the case for forever. Like, now's the time to win two out of three Super Bowls. And then maybe you get one on the back end. That's how you get, you know, to your three. Absolutely. And Mahomes has kind of changed his narrative for Big 12 quarterbacks, too. Uh, before this was, like, Brandon Whedon and Andy Dalton. He's actually the first Big 12 quarterback to ever win a playoff game. He was first, and then Ryan Tannehill That's last amazing. year won a playoff game. So, yeah, that was a big reason why I didn't – I mean, I would say – I would say two players that I'm, quote-unquote, missed on, and I just should have – was Tyler Lockett. I was just like, that size just doesn't work in the NFL. Great college receivers is not going to translate. That the NFL was just changing. And, like, you can be that size and be really good. And Mahomes, I just was like, there's no good quarterback in the NFL ever that has played this style and been successful at this level. Yeah, because it's messy-looking. But it's changing, though. Like, football's changing. You know what I mean? We're like, now, like, Lamar maybe couldn't have worked in any other era. But the rules have adapted in a way. You can't hit quarterbacks in a way that – his style of play can work. Like, I always push back on this notion with, like, Lamar, and I think some of it's, like, kind of based in race. But, like, we just make it seem like this 24-year-old quarterback just isn't going to improve. Like, well, hold on. Every time we've seen Lamar, he's been drastically better the next time we've seen him. Like, we just think Lamar at 23 is peak, but now Mahomes has this endless ceiling that, like, hold on. Why does Lamar not have the same ceiling? So, I'm super high on Lamar. It's not, like, a, some wild stance to be on. Uh, but, yeah, I think Mahomes can be one of the five best quarterbacks of all time. I dig that. Uh, you never got to your third rule of dating. I think I think we stopped at the astrology stuff. Uh, now that Travis Kelsey is single, right, uh, do you have any advice for uh, Travis going into He's rich. Season? What advice does he need? <laughs> I don't understand. So the rules rich. of dating only apply if you're not rich. He's you can just rich. do whatever the hell you want. I don't understand. Because, like, <laughs> no, this is the thing. This is the thing. I, I, I really think this about women. I think in today's society, women are taught to say no. Like, if a guy comes up and says, I want to buy you a drink, no. Like, you are taught to... Mostly because I don't want to get drugged. Yeah, to like... But, yeah. <laughs> but like, to shoot down advances for men. Right. Like, that's kind of, like, in your thing. But if you're famous, that all goes away. I'm Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I want to have a drink with you. Yeah, I want to hang out. Did you like his haircut? On Thursday, it was very color me bad. I just <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't even. It, it is just, you don't even I looked at it one time. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah you just, so like. I don't have a strong opinion about his hair. I'm gonna love that so much. I don't have a strong opinion. Yeah, I, I do. I do genuinely think that. I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm not saying that men haven't done things to make women like want to say no. That, but mm, that's where I like. But know, I do like that line from Hitch, like. On the first date, she's already said yes. Like, she's already agreed to spend time. You have your foot in the door. Yeah, like, I always say, like, men talk themselves out of women more than anything. Like, if she's on the date with you, she has already said yes and is considering 
Whatever it is. Maybe it's just, hey, it's just cool for a short period of time. Maybe this person is hungry. One, you but like, know. you will then mess it up. Like, you'll ask for a picture too early. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you'll do little things that mess it up for yourself. Yeah. I, I firmly believe that. I dig that. No, absolutely. And I feel like with what I was kind of pushed into in 2017 was my role of like the first woman da, 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 and it's like this female empowerment thing that I wasn't really behind because I was like yeah I like other women sure I guess I'm just diehard everything but it was the day that I was doing like mommy bloggers on my show and I'm like why the hell do I even care about this <laughs> like why am I feeding yeah you have two million followers that's great am I going to talk about parenting like is that what my brain is really known for absolutely not so you know you go back and forth but like I think the one day that we both agreed was a very very big day for Kansas City in general because uh, it was uh, Larry Johnson coming back on to airwaves for the first time. Oh, yeah, no, you and we agreed yeah, at that no, point. So 2017, we agreed that it was a passionate, if nothing else. Yeah, no, you uh, made good points. Um, I mean, why I think diversity matters is, like, I don't care how empathetic you can be towards the other side. There's a limit of what that can be because you don't have those experiences. So mm -hmm. not that I tried to be the black voice or whatever it is, but, like, I think that the media, for the most part, can only tell one story because that's the only story that they know. That I just tried to be like an accurate representation of how I felt black people were. And when it comes to women, like what, like, this was like one of the changing moments in my life was when the Me Too movement like really started. And I remember women would like put hashtag Me Too and they would tell their story of when they were sexually assaulted. And I remember thinking, it's way more people than I ever thought. Like, I never really spent a lot of time thinking about it. But, like, right. seeing people that I, like, knew really well or, or had talked to at some point or had, like, a colleague or something, like, seeing them post this was, like, a really eye-opening experience. And I remember a lot of women saying, you know, I tried to tell people and they didn't listen and all this kind of stuff. And I remember thinking, that's how black people feel. Like, all racism is, for the most part, is black people telling white people, yo, shit's really fucked up out here. They are doing X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And then white people are like, no, it's not. No, it's not. I'm telling you it's like this. Like, why don't you believe me? I'm telling you these are our experiences. And then something happened, and then it's like, well, now we're listening. I've been trying to tell you this shit for four years. That I kind of felt, at that moment, it became very real to me. That the, that the fight that women were having and the struggles that they were having how synonymous what I thought they were with how the black experiences. Mm -hmm. And that was like a really, I remember the day like it just happened and that was like a really eye-opening experience for me in life. Absolutely, and I feel like there's a time that me being set back from it and keeping my private life private kind of bit me in the ass because my personal life is very much, uh, you know, something that I keep to myself. Uh, with my family structure and everything else. In the 1960s, my family adopted a boy from the Congo who is now my Uncle George in the Leewood of all places. And, you know, from the day that he moved in, people were like, oh, is this your new driver? Like, no, that's not it. When I was growing up, uh, we- I mean, I can kind of understand how this random black guy shows Leewood, up and then, right. and then you it. think he's I the help. Like, that's kind of like, what oh, I would think. So he's the, like, I mean, I'm not trying to be racist. Here but. we are. So I get that part. We go into, I mean, like to the point where we'd be going to restaurants and be like, oh yeah, my uncle and my cousins are over here. And they're like, oh no, we don't have anybody you're waiting on and whatever. I mean, the things that my family experienced in the 60s is totally different for me. Uh, my daughter is biracial. And when she was eight days old, I remember going to Target in South Johnson County 
and uh, I was like, okay, I need to go get formula, and it's my first venture out as a mom, right? And this woman with two kids that were like destroying the like trading card aisle at Target, like the, that weird aisle that nobody goes in, um, just destroying it. She looks over at me, she's like, oh, that's a beautiful baby. Is her father around? And I'm like, oh, so that's how this is now. <laughs> um, that's not funny, but it's... Absolutely not. But that that's the reality, though, is that... White that, people bold, that, bro. They are. I can't imagine just saying that to somebody I don't know. Like, that's wild. Just walking up and be like, yeah. So that's wild kids. to me. I, 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 I kind of want to start doing it to random people and be like, yo, is that, that kid's dad around? And it's like, obviously, the dad's like right there. I'm like... Just um, asking, you know, statistic-wise, just, just throwing it out there. there. <laughs> yeah, like, I think that about those Karen videos, like, y'all got to start knocking the people out. Like, I mean, I'm not, I think I'm not a violent person, like, yeah. I'm, like, not afraid of the confrontation, but. Oh, you get me these now? People, I've got some anger. It's these fine. people, it's like, I'm not going to let this person, like, what's the benefit? Like, at this point, we know, so the person is talking crazy, I'm just going to have my phone, like, oh, I'm recording this, but. Knock nope. that motherfucker out! No, like, I'm I'm like, first phone call you make I, is to your attorney, and that's it. Like, honestly, I, 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 I definitely like, just beat the shit out of someone. Yeah. Yeah. Tasha, what's up? It was okay, though. It was okay. If you think about it, knocking, like, somebody is gonna get really rich yep. knocking one of these people out. I'm mm-hmm. serious, because, like, think about it. White person talking crazy at Walmart because they don't want to wear a mask, all in your face, spitting on you. Boom, knock the person out. Sure, maybe you get charged. Right. Start a GoFundMe. You'll make six <laughs> I'm figures. I'm not an idiot out. Are you welcome? You'll make six figures. You're probably not going to jail. You maybe get probation. And you just made $120,000 for knocking this person out. This could be I would get into Fight that. Club. I'm telling I'm you. I'm into it. I'm telling you. I'm not advocating for people to knock out people, but I'm just saying. Absolutely not. At some point. We're not violent people. At some people. point, that needs to happen. There's an opportunity there. <laughs> at some point, that needs to happen. That's what I think. I gotta ask though, how do we, how do we get better? How do we do better as Kansas City? Like because you are very deeply rooted in this community to the point where I'd say that uh, you might not be going anywhere from Kansas City for a little bit. Do you have any breaking news, uh, career <laughs> changes you want to tell us? <laughs> no, I'm cool for right but, now. Uh, uh, I mean, because you love this city. You might not like the answer. I mean, no, it's okay. Absolute power concedes nothing voluntarily. Like when you think about it, I was talking to Tasha about this earlier. Every movement of black people in this country has been strongly opposed by white people. Like, don't let white people tell you anything different. They did not like Martin Luther King. They can say they did now. Look at his approval ratings when he was alive. Mm-hmm. People, black people who are really outspoken with race, don't become popular until they die or something happens. Think about Muhammad Ali, very polarizing figure. When did he become really popular? He couldn't talk anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, he couldn't talk anymore. So, like, that part is it. So, I mean, the answer is... I think all of this ends with the law being passed. Like, you think about the civil rights movement, they passed something. They passed a major piece of legislation that that's how I think it ends. Like, something has to happen in order for this to end. Because the cycle of it is just going to continue where there's going to be another Jacob Blake. There's going to be another incident that just, it just keeps stacking on top of itself that I think part of the response obviously a large part of the response is the like lack of regard for black life but the other regard of it is there is a very strong feeling in our country that nothing happens in those scenarios where in every other instance where someone gets killed i believe the person is going to be prosecuted like the, the video i'm sure you guys have seen it where that white guy or maybe i don't can't really see the video clear enough but the guy walks up and then shoots the cops two times at point blank range 
when they find them, if they tell me they're giving that person the death penalty, you ain't going to hear no arguments from me. I'm on your side. Like, you shouldn't be allowed to do that. Absolutely. Like, everybody agrees that you shouldn't be able to do this. So if we all agree in that scenario, why is it okay in these scenarios to do those things? Um, but one thing I do want to make very clear here about all of this, to me, Black Lives Matter is way more than police brutality. Like, if you think about how our city is, the goal of most American cities is to make it far enough where you can move as far away from black people as possible. Think about it. Like, when do you deem someone making it in Kansas City? You live in Leewood, you live in Shawnee Mission, you live far away from black people, that that part has just like always been really messed up to me. And I wrote about this in the Kansas City Star. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing is it shouldn't be an like, advantage where if you grow up on 12th and Prospect, you shouldn't get a drastically better education than if you live on 135th and Metcalf. And until we fix those problems, then it's always going to be this cycle. Like that part, like the fact that our country is signed up for that system, it's just like the most mind-blowing thing to be that's in the world. Like we acknowledge these group of black and brown people get an inferior education and then wonder how they can catch up. Like... You don't catch up. You don't. Like, yeah. you don't catch up if one person goes to Blue Valley Northwest and the other person goes to Central. I'm sorry. Like, there's a lot that has to happen for that person to go to Central to catch up to the other person. Like, a lot has to happen. And they also, like, uh, I really don't enjoy how people want to capitalize on sob stories where they want to, like, use people as a, well, look, this person did it, so you can too. And I think that it's more important to lead by example um, with the community, especially with the area that we live in, Kansas City was based on redlining. It was based on some very segregated areas. I, I know that nobody cares about my story in Leewood, but the area in Leewood that I grew up in was personally like segregated this little square block. So they couldn't, the Jewish people couldn't join the Leewood Country Club because they didn't want people, uh, Jewish people joining the country club. And that's where I lived. And it's just little things like that where we have these uh, tendencies to think that Kansas City, oh, we got the plaza, we have all this great stuff. And it's like, yeah, but look at what it was built on and the zoning and the redlining and everything. JC Nichols basically built the blueprint of how to segregate housing in America. And the, that kind of like dark side of Kansas City history where it's not always this happy sports town kind of place, I think that's what bringing to light some of those issues in, in real time and in modern times can be a huge uh, can be a huge benefit for people's education too. Yeah, it's um I don't know if you've ever seen this map before, but look online and look at the map of where the black population in Kansas City is, and then see where they're concentrated. It's hard to think that that's random. Like I hear what you're saying, but like mm -hmm. you know when you like think it's about it and the line, over. and it's yeah. you know J.C. Nichols been dead a long time. Like mm -hmm. it's hard to think like you know 80 percent of the black population in Kansas City lives in this small five mile area that's like really really wild. It's systematic, so it goes and, to bigger issues. Yeah, too. no, and uh, I was gonna make this point really quick. Um, Harvard came to this conclusion that your zip code is the best indicator of what your personal health is going to be. Think about that. That's wild. Based on where you grow up or where you're born, that's the best indicator of how healthy you're going to be as an adult, which is insane that that's the case. Yeah, which, which is, yeah, which is insane, which is insane. Absolutely. So I think that it's been probably one of my most anticipated interviews I've ever done talking to you because I feel like... Uh, we've grown a lot individually. Uh, your career has gone, I feel like, national now 
not just no, the not, no, not, not like no, no, it's it not is. like national. It is national. Yeah, no, give me my but flowers. No, no, it's a hundred percent national. This is Carrington Harrison. National <laughs> news. That was my bad. Uh, you have just continued getting more and more, I guess, under your belt. Like, where do you see yourself going? I know that I said not <laughs> yeah, five I don't know. Year, not five years, but uh, just in general, like dream job, money aside. What do you want to wake up and do every day? I want to work at somewhere like Bleacher Report or The Ringer. Yeah. Um, I feel like I work in a place where you're only encouraged to create one kind of content. Mm -hmm. And I look at companies like that, and they create a lot of different stuff. Um, and I think that because of YouTube and short attention spans, our generation and the one below us likes micro content a lot more. Like I think about the stuff I watch on YouTube, like I just watch eight minute videos like all the time where I get all this information in like eight minutes. Like I just watched this thing on the rise and fall of shopping malls and how it's gonna last post coronavirus. And I was like, <laughs> this is like really interesting. Like I watch that kind of stuff all the time. That's amazing. I'm serious, I do that I stuff. I do this. I'm serious, I watch. I, YouTube's my favorite channel. Yeah, like if I, the I channel watch. I watch the most is YouTube. Uh, and only. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up. Only. Absolutely not. It's just a live stream. It's only fine. hands. Only hands. <laughs> hey, we got a new market out there, a new website. I freaking love it. I, well, you also have just continued to evolve and you've continued to adapt to the media market. So, I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's a big step for us to be on the same show together. It's not in my dad's basement as everybody likes <laughs> no, to out there. I, I feel like it's really important now for people, especially in this changing media landscape, to not stick together. I'm not expecting you to like text me every day and be like, hey, how do you feel about this issue? Absolutely not. Send me the I, pictures you was posting on the internet. I will. I will set up my only fans and then we'll be good to go. I will take over the market. I'll be in the top 5% by Friday. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Uh, no, I, uh, where can everybody find you? That's the most annoying question. Oh, uh, every I'll, I'll, Where can everybody find you I'll, on social media? I'll tell you this since uh, <laughs> you did? Yeah, I told it on, I told it on Tasha's uh, interview. I'll say it here. I'm actually in the middle of making a documentary. Um, so I'll have like a trailer to show people here in a little bit. I'm really excited about it. Um, I just, I'm going to say what it's about now. I was going to ask him, and it wouldn't be annoying. I just want to like, make Tasha mad. I just want to make her mad now. Oh so I wouldn't talk about it on my show. You don't even like me. This is even better. You know what? I don't want to do it. I don't want to talk about it. Do it! Do it! What is this? If it's a day in the life of Carrington, I'm going to watch it no matter what. I actually haven't talked about this to a lot of people that are outside my circle. So, um, I had this idea probably, I don't know, like a year ago. I felt like in Kansas City, people only tell Jerron Rush's story because it's like the perfect documentary, you know? It's like the, it's the child prodigy in eighth grade that becomes the number one high school basketball recruit and has this like very tragic ending. But I was like, there has to be other great high school basketball stories in Kansas City. So... I think we're going to name it From Paseo to Pembroke, and it's going to be from Anthony Peeler's senior year until when Kareem leaves Pembroke Hill, and why great basketball players in the city started going to private schools, and why, like, Marcus Walker, maybe you heard him before, he went to mm -hmm. O'Hara, he was the best basketball player in the city, he grew up on 12th Street, he went to O'Hara, long way from 12th Street, so um, why is he in there? Uh, I actually got a trailer I can show you, Tasha's seen it before. I'm so excited. Um, so yeah, um, Jerron's in it, Kareem's in it, Travis Relliford's in it. 
like Marcus Denman's in it. Like it's a big deal. I really wanted this. I really wanted this to be like our version of the Last Dance. Um, yes. Like when I watched the Last Dance, it was like very definitive. Um, Naturally, first. I took it personally. It was my whole <laughs> yeah. narrative. I don't know if you know that. But it it was you know it was really cool because um, you know I felt like nobody could come back and tell Michael Jordan's story. Like Jordan's in it, Phil's in it, like everybody. Where'd you in watch it? it? I was at, uh, I watched the first two episodes at home, then somebody sent me the leak, so I just watched I watched it all like in two days, and then I went back and then watched it with everybody on TV. Um, so yeah, um, everybody that works at Metro Sports is in it. It's gonna be really cool. I'm really excited about it. Um, that's been my whole project over the summer. Um, hopefully Netflix buys it. That's what I hope. That's, that's my dream. Uh, Absolutely. So, yeah, you're actually the first person that I wouldn't consider a friend that I've actually told this to. I wow. I figured I could do that on this, on this uh, podcast. Absolutely. Well, thank you for doing that. I so, look yeah, forward to it. I'll show you the thing. Uh, I'll show you my uh, my trailer. Perfect. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. To I Part of me just wanted to tell you because Tasha was there, and so I know it made her mad. Luckily. Luckily. Uh, yeah, well, and so. her episode's gonna debut before this one, so <laughs> yeah. So no, I wouldn't tell her, but she's seen the trailer and stuff. She knows about it. Uh, but yeah, no, that's uh, that's what I've been working on. Uh, I have this idea. I'll give it to you free of charge. I want to take Denny Matthews to Betty Ray's and have him review the ice cream there. I've told I've told Denny that that we got to do this video. Like, I'm confident you can get it done. Though. Oh yeah, Denny and I are really close. Um, yeah, like Denny, I would consider Denny Matthews to be a friend of mine. Um, yeah, I guess last thing here, the maybe like the craziest part, this is like a pat myself, like the wildest part about my job now is like people that I used to look up to, I can like, I consider them their friends. Like I went over to Neil Smith's house for Thanksgiving. Like we had turkey to deck. It's a big deal. Uh, the grooming case is like a really cool thing, you Absolutely. know? Um, that's the part that still like trips me out um, about the whole thing. Like a lot of it is... I don't have the personality where I get like really up about things. Um, it's probably like a bad thing. Tasha always tells me it's a really bad thing because I don't ever get like that. But like some things are like really cool. Like I don't get starstruck very often, but I remember when I saw Bo Jackson, like, oh damn, that's Bo Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a I, big moment though. Yeah, like, like not everybody gets to see Bo Jackson. I've met Bo Jackson right. before. I met Bo Jackson, and he's come on the show another time. Yeah. Uh, I had that moment when I told Ben Affleck to move out of my way when I was out at Legacy Stadium during the NFL playoffs, <laughs> and he was watching the Patriots lose. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, I got so many of those. Uh, and he was just like, Oh, I'm sorry for being your way. I'm like, Absolutely. Oh shit, you're Ben Affleck. Uh, do you have Matt Damon's number? I'd like to talk to him. He's the only five nine guy I would ever be into. Uh, uh, not that this is about me. Now I just want to uh, tell you like famous people I've met. I want story. to hear about it. Uh, I've met Chris. Christy Teigen twice. I met Christy Teigen at the All-Star Game in 2014 and talked to her for like 10 minutes and she was like normal. She was really cool. Uh, and then I saw her again at the Super Bowl. So this is the Super Bowl that the Patriots and the Seahawks, the Marshall okay. Super Bowl. And I saw her and that was the first time I knew I saw a supermodel. The first time she was like in a, like a Royals uniform, but I saw her then. Yeah, I was only like, she's Bang. <laughs> like, I saw it right there. It was amazing. I will uh, cash up you $50. The crazy, the crazy thing about going to the Super Bowl, if you've ever been to Radio Row, Never. is you can see like the real height of celebrity. So we right. went when uh, when a Little Nas X, when Old Town Road was there. Yep. The energy when he was there was different. Like, 
it was he was like the pod piper like everybody yeah. wanted to talk to him everybody was around him um Dak Prescott walked in the room it's a different energy he's a quarterback of the Cowboys like it was different like Derek, okay? like Derek Henry was like yes. you could have talked to Derek Henry like after the AFC championship game Super Bowl week you could have talked to Derek Henry like Barry Sanders normal guy didn't have a whole entourage with him wasn't a big deal every was a big deal when every walked in there like you could like you can like really see who's famous and like a different tier and then as the was days Bob go, Huggins there no he was then not it there it wasn't really a celebrity thing <laughs> he was not there um and then as the week goes on the more famous because I remember that Friday Kevin Hart showed up he did one of his radio shows he has uh, a channel series he did a show there and he brought in Lizzo and Rick Ross. Casual. And like Lizzo, this was, you know, beginning of the year, so she was like really big. Um, and it was, it was really cool. So I've had like a lot of those really like really cool experiences. That's um, awesome. As a, as a, in my career, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and now you get to meet me and that's yeah. super exciting as well. I mean, I talked to Patrick Mahomes on Monday, but right. this was more This was more, that, actually, no, let me tell you, I told this story earlier, so I'll tell it again. I'll tell a different story. So my mom has only been happy, like really happy three times in my life that I remember like you were outwardly, born, obviously. I wasn't there though. <laughs> but uh, she was really happy when, so 2014, I gave her tickets to the first game of the, of the World Series. She was really happy when I told her I was going back to school and when I gave her tickets to see Hamilton, when Hamilton just came. And the other time, so this was beginning of last football season. My sister, she was going to be a senior. And she was like, all I want to do, all you got to get me is I want to meet Patrick Mahomes. And I was like, I'll do my best to make it happen. So she got to meet Patrick Mahomes last year, week two of the NFL season. I called in a favor. She took a picture. I remember being very upset that she didn't credit me in the in the Instagram caption, because I worked, <laughs> I, I had to make like three or four phone calls so she could meet Patrick Mahomes. But um, yeah, like that's the part that's like really rewarding about the job, honestly. Um, yeah, that and I still get like, I, I still genuinely love doing it. Um, like the thing that I really, I really like wanted to do, but I didn't really want to do TV in the beginning is I felt like it was like really limiting. And I like that every day at two o'clock nobody tells me what i can and can't talk about like nobody tells me what the lead should be nobody tells me that we have to do this a certain number of times like it's sort of based on like my own instincts and feel that like it's always made it really fun to me um and that's the part that i still get really excited about like i still get really excited when things happen you know like when the Chiefs trade for Frank Clark, like I still get really excited because I know those are those, we call them listener expectation days, you know, like the audience is expecting you to be at the best. You but know, not so. put him in the Hall of Fame yet is from what I heard today. Oh yeah, saying, no, like, let's calm down just yeah, a little bit. Let's calm so down. Uh, love but, Therese, but maybe yeah, just like back up a little bit. Defensive player right. of the year was a little OD. Whatever, <laughs> that's what we have to do now. Like Chiefs fans, like, are we going to be satisfied? Like we remember the years that were not fun. Uh, there's a lot of them. Thank thankfully, there's a lot of fans that remember uh, 2012 to 2013. Where we're like, are, is this ever going to get better? Absolutely Chiefs fans not. instantly became KU fans. Like what I do appreciate. <laughs> what, oh, I instantly, oh, what I what I appreciate about KU fans is what I I, I mean. This is someone who love. I love Missouri. Like I would say, Missouri is the only team I would consider uh -huh. myself to be a fan of. What I love about KU fans is they know exactly what they are. We're better than you at basketball. Winners. 
Absolutely. We don't. We're not cool with second place. We don't put these banners up for normal things, accomplishments. Like we're only going to celebrate when we're champions or when we do something truly. Like that's how Chiefs fans. The, the same group that always expected the worst. One person has changed it where you now always think the best. Mm-hmm. And now it's like a little bit like overcorrection. Like everybody on the team can't have a thousand yards receiving. Like <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Everybody you on the could. team can have. It's one of those things like, all right, how many yards do you think Pat's going to throw for? 4,900. Well, Kelsey's going to have 1,500 and Tyrese going, hold on. You've given three people four. Th- Where's the other yards coming from? Like, that's what she's fans, but no, it's fun. 80 um, points a game. We'll be fine. <laughs> it's fun, though. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's been a really enjoyable. This is all I've ever really wanted to do. I've only had, like, three jobs in my entire life. I sold shoes at Sears. I was really good at it. Um, I was. I was really good at it. So you are a foot guy. Nah, I wasn't a fan. I was gonna keep pushing it until you tell me no. I never, I never really bothered like talking to people, so it was always, it was. I really enjoyed doing it. Um, yeah, feet guys keep it themselves, so I get that. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, um, I tried to do the middle of a mall survey person. Oh, I did that. And that prepares you for radio, though. Uh, you want to talk to me I quit that job it wasn't nearly as fun as I thought it was going to be terrible job Um, I worked at I used to work at this uh, RBI reviving baseball in the inner city so we had to like basically be like park rangers I did that I did that because when I was in college my first semester I was broke like most college students like absolutely broke I remember I went back home that summer and I told myself whatever I had to do I'll never go back to being broke I wasn't rich by any means. Nobody's rich in college. But you have 20 myself, bucks a week, you're rich. I, mean, I told so. myself, I'll never. So, I mean, I, that was the hardest I've ever worked in my entire life that summer because being broke was absolutely miserable. Like, every kid that's in college knows, like, the cafeteria, the food is terrible, but you don't have enough money to eat anything else. The worst experience. I told myself, I didn't care. What, if I had to sell drugs, I was not going back to being broke. I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going back to being broke. Not like that. No. Absolutely. So I figured out how to start burning DVDs. I was gonna do whatever. Yes. I was writing. I was. I was. DVDs were I was out doing Absolutely. football players' homework. I, whatever yes. I had to do. Whatever I had to do, man. That's so, beautiful, though. That I was, prepared you, though. I was just randomly telling you stories because I've enjoyed talking to you so much. Oh my gosh, is this another compliment? I'm so excited. This was this is a really enjoyable time. I've had a great time too, Carrington. Thank you so much for. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate you having me uh, here at the Peanut. Uh, tell the peanut to go back to regular menus. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, I can beat you. Here.